Hello everyone, this is Xander Broffel with the Revenue Growth Architects podcast presented by CS2. Joining me today is one of the rocks of CS2, and that is Claire Pokel-Wilson. Claire, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be here and have this conversation. Yes, absolutely. Um, Claire, for our audience, I know that you've been on the podcast, but it has been a little while. Uh, can you just please explain what you do uh, over here at CS2? Yeah, totally. So my my role is people ops, but I'm definitely feeling like a Swiss army knife a lot of time. Like I work on our finances. I work on our IT. We're a small team, so I get to do lots of different things, which is super exciting. Absolutely. You wear a lot of hats and probably the first person that we end up going to when we need something, um, whether that's through a client engagement where you are engaging with us uh, on the very first time, bringing efficiencies to the team, and then, of course, our, our traditional people ops uh, necessities, right? Um, are you working on anything fun recently? Yeah, I mean, it's a super timely conversation that we're about to have because we're working on kind of L&D and what growth can look like within our team and how to make sure that we can get everyone to the places where they want to be in their career. Excellent. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited. The topic that we're talking about today, uh, I think, is, is relevant for anybody where they are at in their career, and that is how to elevate yourself for growth and the next step in your career. Um, and we're going to talk about what that looks like in many, many different ways, right? Uh, Claire, I know when I think about growth, the first thing that comes to mind is, okay, I am currently a marketing ops specialist or a manager that's not leading people. My next step that I'm going to have to take in my career is leading people. Yeah. What do you think? Is that the only place that people kind of should be focusing as they think about growth or are there other opportunities that they may want to consider? Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, people managing is kind of like one of the ultimate steps that you have to get to when you're when you're growing in your career. And that's super valid. And I think lots of people want to be able to manage folks. Um, but, you know, that's not the only career path. Some people don't want to manage people or maybe don't have the skills to manage people. And that doesn't mean that they can't grow in their career. So maybe looking into ways that they can specialize in different areas or you know, grow different teams in different ways or be leaders um, in different kind of areas that maybe wouldn't be a traditional people manager role. Yeah, absolutely. I I know when I love leading people, I love managing people. So I am definitely the person yeah. who's like, I want to grow into a greater people leader. Um, but when I am leading people and I'm having one-on-one -on -one conversations, I will often ask, you know, what is, where do you want to be in your, in your growth? Where do you want to be in your career? And a lot of times people will answer with, well, I want to become a director or I want to become a manager. And the first question that I will always ask is, well, why, you know, what, what do you want to be doing that influences you to becoming a manager? Oftentimes the answer can be, I want to make more money, right? Yeah. And if that's the case, that's when I might reposition the coaching conversations to say, like, you know, that's great. Like, more money is absolutely needed for folks. I'm not going to, you know, poo-poo that down. But I will ask, like, do you want to lead people? Do you want to manage people? Because, you know, some of us have had that experience of working with somebody who 
wasn't necessarily wanting to be a people leader, but that was like the next step in their career. And that was the only place that they had to grow into. And it wasn't necessarily playing within their strengths. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we'll get into this later, but some people just, you know, they have a lot of technical skills and then maybe they don't have a path to what to any other area other than people management. Um, So they end up in these roles that maybe aren't the best fit for them. And that doesn't mean that they're not really talented at their job and that they can't do really great things. Um, It just means that maybe that role isn't right for them. Um, So definitely looking for areas of what are people really good at and what are they loving in their job and how can we kind of take advantage of those things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You'll find that as you make that shift, um, if it is one that that you that you are currently pursuing or have done, there's things that you never even know about in the in, in, in a different role that may not, you know, f- make you feel great uh, about your workday uh, and can almost kind of put you on a path of like attrition and, you know, unengagement, which nobody wants. Right. So it's really important that we that we think through these topics. Um, what we are going to be talking about today is ways that you can position yourself for growth, um, things to look for in either your current organization or future organizations in terms of like, what is the culture of growth? And then as we think about people leaders or just leaders within an organization who may not even have, uh, the immediate responsibilities of people management, but just how we can help elevate others as well. Um, Before we do jump into some of those major topics, Claire, I know we were talking earlier about, like you said, CS2, we're a small organization. We do have folks that are looking at growing and they they want to take on the next step, but we may not have like a people manager role open. Um, So in those scenarios, you know, do you have any recommendations if somebody is sitting in a similar position where they're saying, hey, I I really want to take on that people management role but like we got one of them and that person's currently employed. So yeah. you know, any, any thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about finding those opportunities. Um, you're definitely responsible for kind of finding those opportunities and people can support you along the way. But, you know, if there's learning and development that you can take advantage of and kind of find that for yourself or even lead those workshops, Um, raising your hand when people are out of office even and saying, hey, I can lead this meeting or I can be I can be the kind of point person on this project. Um, Anything that you can do to grow yourself. Um, If there's standing meetings where you're having conversations about projects and stuff that's going on internally, uh, making sure that you're paying attention in those meetings and then asking questions and kind of taking ownership of all those things. You can totally lead and be a leader without that title and authority. Um, I I know we have lots of people even at CS2 that are definitely leaders without maybe a leadership title. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and quite frankly, there's managers out there that have the title that aren't leaders. Like it Yeah. I, I remember as 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 I do a lot of reading up on leadership and and just the differences between management and leadership. There are different things. And great leaders can be great managers, great managers can be great leaders, but that's not a given. You know, just because you have the title doesn't mean 
that you're necessarily doing the work. Um, so finding those those opportunities and raising your hand. Um, I just think about, you know, I, personally on our team, when I have to take a, a sick day, happened to me last week, right? Um, my manager who is on the team said, yeah, I can, I, I can lead that meeting. That's a way that somebody who is not in that role can certainly raise their hand, step up and, and keep the business operating even when you're gone. And that's the goal, right? Like we want to, as leaders, make sure that the business operates even without us there. Yeah. And I mean, even in the future, when you take those leadership opportunities like that, you know, uh, it shows that you can have those skills so that when that people manager role does open up, your name would probably be kind of in the bucket for for what that would be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Claire, let's let's jump into maybe some like specifics um, as we think about growing ourselves into a leader or into the next step in our career. And to reiterate, we're not necessarily just enforcing people management leadership, but, you know, are you a team lead who wants to become a principal? Are you a manager who wants to become a team lead? Whatever your titles may be, inevitably that next step is going to have some element of leadership because that's what the or that's what organizations are looking for is people who are taking charge. Um, so you know, what are some what are some tips that we may have for our audience who are looking to take that next step? Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of different things that you can do. And I'm sure that there's lots of things that we haven't even thought of. So <laughs> <laughs> there's that little caveat, too. Um, but definitely, ultimately, you are the one that is responsible for your growth. Um, other people and forces can support you. But, you know, if, if you want to grow, you have to take those steps. Um, so taking ownership of things like one-on-ones, taking advantage of learning and development, um, really just owning what you're good at and what you're not good at. And then if, if there's a thing that you're not good at that you need to improve on, what are some ways that you can do that? So it, it's really thinking through all different kinds of facets of yourself. And that can be really difficult to do. And that's kind of where other people can maybe help you out with those things. You can ask your manager for feedback and say, hey, I, I really want to get to this next step, whatever that next step may be. What are some things that I need to improve? And do you have any recommendations for how I can get there? And if your manager comes back and says, hey, like you should go find that yourself, then taking responsibility for that and saying, okay, like you said, I need to work on my Excel skills, for example. I'm going to go find a course um, that helps me with those, those skills. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's the element of not every manager is built to just naturally want to help the people under them grow in their careers, right? Like we, we hope that that's the case. And that's what we're going to talk to as leaders of how to help grow others. But that's not always inherently what somebody is going to do. So it is really important in those one-on-ones that you are making sure that you're having career-oriented conversations it may not be every single one-on-one, right? Yep. Depending on your your working relationship. But if you don't have those opportunities, raise your hand and ask for those opportunities. Whether it's a simple, like, can we have an extra one-on-one this month because I want to talk to you about career growth and get a better understanding of like what's being required in that next step um, can go a long, long way. 
Yeah, I mean, especially when we're talking about one-on-ones, I mean, there's kind of the traditional one-on-one that I think about, which is let's talk about career growth and things that are going well and things that maybe aren't going well and how we can kind of solve for those things, figure out what the next step in the career is. Um, And then there's maybe a one-on-one that happens sometimes when you're busy, like all organizations are, which is very tactical. So, you know, I've been in situations before where we have dedicated one-on-ones that are just for growth and other one-on-ones that are more tactical that say, what are the projects that are going on right now? How can we solve for that? Because then you have that time and you can go to your one-on-ones prepared and say, I've been working on these things and I want to improve these skills. Does that sound right to you in order for me to take that next step? Absolutely. Yes. I uh, I think that you know, having the having the discussion is also good for you because you may not be thinking about it, right? Like it's very easy to show up to work, do the job, do really good work, and just expect that because I'm doing really great work, I'm going to be up for a promotion at the next review cycle or whatever it may be. That may not be the path that's going to work for you. I found that people who are much more proactive and saying, here's what I'm looking for. Here's where I'm looking to grow. Here's where I feel like I have opportunity to grow. Um, those are the people that that are going to elevate their careers faster than folks who are kind of sitting in the passenger seat and just expecting that it's going to happen with tenure. A lot of people, you know, that used to be the way that that promotions worked. And I think a lot of organizations have moved away from tenure being the primary driver and being much more performance based. Um, if I have a leader who one on ones are super technical and just like tactical, any recommendations on how I could rep- reposition those? Yeah, I mean, again, it's taking responsibility for what you can take responsibility for. Um, so having that conversation, even though it might be a hard conversation and pausing at the beginning or end of that call and saying, hey, can we actually talk about this growth or even sending a message or an email to them and saying, I'm really looking to grow my career in these ways um, and I would really like your support with that. Can we have a dedicated call where we just go through this? Um, So, you know, you have to you have to tell people what you need in order to get those things. Um, So you can't really expect people to read your mind. Um, Yeah. I mean, own, own your path. Own your path. Absolutely. Um, Something that can really help with that. It's just like any project. I mean, we are our own project, right? Have an agenda, send that agenda ahead of time. Give, give your leader an opportunity to think about what you want to bring to the table. So that way you have a more productive conversation. Um, I think that that can go a long way. I know that that's something that we facilitate at CS2 just, automatically before every one-on-one you have a slack message that you go through that you know gives you a chance to kind of reposition your your mindset toward a one-on-one um to pursue that forward yep 100 percent. anything that you can kind of put in place to make those easier yeah yeah absolutely what about what about um learning and development you know if i if i don't have a budget let's say that i don't have a budget for just Sometimes people will think about, I'm going to go back to school and we don't have a, a education budget, so what can I do? Yeah, there's tons of things that you can do. Ideally, your organization has some sort of learning and development call or program or budget, but oftentimes that's not the case, especially when you're in a small organization. 
Um, so taking advantage of things like this podcast, for example, um, really taking ownership of uh, what you can do for yourself in cheap or free ways. So finding podcasts or articles or communities that you can join in and ask questions to. I know that there, especially for MOPS, there are a ton of communities where people are asking questions all the time and learning from one another, finding mentorship where you can, even internally in your organization. Is there a person that has the role that you want or are interested in? Can you talk to that person and see what that might look like? What kinds of things that they did to get them to that position? Um, I mean, there's there's all different kinds of ways, even buying a book for yourself. Um, ideally, that would be covered by something else. But, you know, there are definitely budget friendly ways to kind of grow yourself without uh, without too much support. Yeah, absolutely. And and oftentimes when you hear like L&D, we don't have a budget for it. Right. I think about when like right now the economy is not in the greatest of places. People are cutting costs. You wouldn't be able to necessarily position a out of state conference, right? right? Maybe there's something local. Maybe there's a maybe there's a meetup group that you want to take part in. Maybe there's online resources that you want to take part part in that aren't going to cost a lot, right? There's a big difference between hey, I want to spend eight thousand dollars to go to a conference, and I want to spend six hundred dollars to do this online course. They right. may actually actually have that budget, even if the answer is kind of out of the pocket saying, no, we don't have budget to, to move forward with this. Um, so definitely something to keep in mind. I always say like meeting with leaders that are outside of your purview is super important, right? I remember having a conversation with the uh, a new VP of product who came into the organization that I was at. And I was really trying to decide, do I get out of the current department that I was in so that I could take on different opportunities? But it would require me to go from a manager down to a non-manager role um, and kind of like restart. And that was one of the best conversations that I'd ever had because the the person gave me the answer that I needed to hear, which was, you know, yeah, you could continue to grow in leadership in this department, but if it's not something that you're going to be passionate about long term, then it's not really doing us any any good. You know, yeah. I would rather see somebody take that take that leap, try something new, excel at that and become a leader. Now you're that much more well-rounded. So if you're sitting in a role right now where you're going, "Hey, right now I'm just doing marketing ops and I really want to learn sales operations or I really want to move into analytics or I really want to grow into my next thing within marketing operations or I want to be a CMO." Like all of those things can be available to you. So don't just limit your career in the current path that you sat in. I will tell everybody, I started my corporate career in tier one technical support. And I just took opportunity after opportunity within the organization that me where I knew I could provide some value. And granted, there was a lot of luck and there was a lot of privilege there. And I will acknowledge that. But, you know, all of those steps that I took got me to the place that I am today. Um, so don't feel like just because you landed where you're at, if you're not perfectly happy, there's probably really neat opportunities laterally that you can also explore. Um, and so it's just really important to think through that. Yeah, I mean, growth paths for a lot of people aren't linear, too. Um, we think we think a lot about like, you know, I'm going to start at this entry level role and I'm going to go to a manager position and then I'm going to go to a director position. 
sometimes that doesn't work like that. Uh, you might get into that entry-level role of that manager position and say, wow, this is not what I signed up for. This is not really what I expected. And you can still figure out ways to grow just because you're taking a title that maybe is lower than your previous title doesn't mean that you're not growing. You're learning different things in any path that you take and reassessing what you want in your career is totally growth in my book. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, in order to be able to do this, we, we recommend identifying the soft skills that you need, right? And so the first step that we talked about was was asking your manager, like, what's expected in the in the next level of my of my career? And if you've identified some of those soft skills, what recommendations do you have to kind of like fine tune those and finesse them before you're actually in the role? Yeah, there there's so many different things that you can do. Um, if you have a manager that can call those things out for you, that's great. Um, even getting feedback from people that you work on projects with um, your peers, that's great. Um, you can kind of take opportunities that come your way um, to refine those skills as well. Um, read books, uh, take, take, take your own path. Uh, you, you decide your own destiny. So, um, you know, figure out what that split of learning looks like for you. Is it a book that you're going to read? Is it an experience that you're going to have? Um, how are you going to drive that for yourself? Yeah. And and I, I think focusing on the experiences is really key because it also gives you visibility in the organization and all of that. So as I think about, let's say that you wanted to be a people leader, right? But there's no people leader opportunities. Find an opportunity to mentor somebody, whether that's within the organization, maybe you're new in your role. So reach out to local community college. Find if there's opportunities to mentor students there, right? There's a lot of ways that you can help people grow and kind of learn some of those coaching skills that may not come through a management class uh, or a promotion that you can then use when you are interviewing for those opportunities or when you are positioning yourself for promotion to say, I've been, I've been mentoring college students for six months and here's what I've learned and here's how I want to apply it into the current role or here's how I want to apply it into my leadership. Um, and that can definitely go a long way, as can starting internship programs, um, doing new hire onboarding. If there's opportunities that you can that you can take part in, whether it's culture growth or you know being a buddy for somebody who's new to the company, like all of those things can 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 start to stack on top of each other to really be seen as a leader within the organization. I mean, even raising your hand for questions that are asked, you know, maybe somebody is saying, hey, I, there's this funky thing going on with this life cycle project that I'm working on and I haven't faced this issue before. And maybe you have those skills saying, hey, I can help you with that. Um, and, you know, really just even small things like that can be a great way to understand what you what your leadership uh, qualities look like and maybe some areas that you might need to improve. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then as you think about like, like rev ops, marketing ops, whatever it may be, if you have opportunities to present, that goes a long way, right? So if you don't have an, a regular QBR cadence, a quarterly business re review cadence, create one, 
right? Pull in your stakeholders, pull in your sales leaders, your sales ops leaders, pull in the people from finance and talk about what are some of the successes? What are the numbers that's happening within your marketing org? How is your pipeline uh, progressing? All of those things can help you elevate your career in ways that, you know, doesn't require any additional money. And you're in fact, providing a lot of value. So if you don't have that program in place, take an opportunity to implement it. If you do have that program in place and you don't have a seat at the table, share what you can bring to the table and share that you want opportunities to present and, you know, back things by data go so, so far. We've talked about it a lot in our analytics um, uh, uh, podcasts, but I can't express that enough of you want a way to to elevate yourself, produce quantitative and qualitative data that people can really digest. So that's a lot on us. And sometimes we push and we push and we question and we raise and we try and try and bring something for ourselves. And it's just not there. Um, a lot of that has to do with the culture of growth, right? What tips and advice can you have if we are thinking like brand new, I'm going to go in and try and identify like, is this the right place for me? Um, all the way from an interview. Any tips? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can really tell in an interview if there is going to be growth opportunities for you. I know when I've been doing interviews in the past, lots of questions uh, I get revolve around what is the path for growth here? Um, are there, you know, advancements in career opportunity here? Um, so having your levels laid out is really key in order to answer those questions. If you're in an interview and somebody's not able to tell you, this is what a next step would look like. And we're going to lay out a path for what that would look like with you, then that's kind of an initial uh, raise of a maybe yellow flag, not quite a red flag. Um, because you can you can have those conversations once you get into the organization too. You can say, hey, I noticed in my interview process that maybe this wasn't laid out. Um, but definitely keep an eye out for what that looks like. Um, asking questions like, is there a learning and development budget? What would that look like for me? Um, I know that I need to improve in these areas. What kinds of resources do you have for that? And if there aren't resources, are there ways that maybe I can come in and create a program that is low budget or offer opportunities where people can share their expertise? Um, asking questions like, who was recently promoted in your organization? Xander, um, I know you. I know you brought that up when we were chatting. But uh, it, it's a really good question of, can you point to someone who has been promoted recently? Um, and if they can't, then maybe that's something to consider as well. Yeah. So there's tons of different things. Um, you want to figure out what kinds of opportunities are offered to you and how willing both your manager and maybe your people ops team and other people on the team are um, to support you. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I always say you're interviewing the organization as much as they are interviewing you, and you have to come in prepared with those questions. It one it sets you up it, it sets you up for success because they know oh this is a growth growth mindset person. How am I going to grow in my current role? 
definitely offset those questions with how are you going to grow the business? Because I've also had it where it's like, are you interviewing for this role or are you just trying to get into the organization so you can take the next level? So definitely, you know, be be mindful. But these questions are super important. Um, They just shouldn't be the only ones that we are asking. Um, But yeah, I, I love that. Like even even if they don't have all of the steps of career progression locked in and planned and ready to go like that's a pretty mature organization right like oftentimes especially with the clients that we work with and some of the experiences that me personally i've had not many of the organizations have that because it's high growth maybe the company's less than 10 years old maybe you know there's been other problems to to go and resolve but that's where you can better understand like well do you still have internal growth and do you have internal promotions and can you point to those things if the answer is no to both of those then you kind of get that idea of like okay well we're just trying to turn and burn and go um and that may not be the place for you if you are looking to grow yeah i mean also paying attention to the way that those questions are answered is it just a no we don't do that or is it a no but that's a really good idea and i'd really love to prioritize that with you um if you get this job yeah yeah yeah, 100%. I like that you said that. Yellow flag, not necessarily a red flag. It's not a it's not going to be a deal breaker, but but explore that further and and have those conversations. Um so if I've identified a place, I think it's the right fit, um or I'm already in the place, um how can we help to influence um and grow that grow that culture of growth? What a mm-hmm. what a statement there. Um but but what are some places that we can start? Yeah. So obviously talking to your manager about your growth, that's step one, right? Your manager is the one that's going to ultimately be responsible for your growth. So you're going to want to come to your one-on-ones asking those questions about your growth. What what are some things that I can improve on to get to that next step? Um, So definitely working with your manager to lay out those promotion steps, figure out those things you need to improve on. I think it's also really supported by leadership, HR, operations, all those kinds of teams. Uh, If you want to be promoted, if you want growth, then those teams need to kind of be aware of what's going on. Um, And your manager, a lot of times, is the person that can kind of raise those flags to say, wow, this person is doing a really good job. Um, Here are the ways that they're doing it. I'd really like to get them into the next level what what can kind of what can that look like when we're when we're looking at kind of our path for growth as a company as well um because you know you you have to negotiate business needs with uh employee needs as well sometimes so there's there's all those kinds of uh considerations that come into play absolutely um, you know, a lot of the times the the people team, like there's so many different layers of a people team or an HR team. And I think that it's really important to know, like, are there learning and development resources within HR? Do you have a business partner that works directly with your department? A lot of those folks can actually have one-on-one conversations with you to also help you grow in your career. Maybe there's programs that are internal to the organization. I know that we had mentorship programs we had you know basically like non-people leader leadership programs we had people leadership programs 
Um, if you are in a organization that is focused on growth, there's definitely programs and opportunities for you. And then if you're not, there may be a lot of people around you that want it as well. Right. And I think about like, like a lot of the opportunities that I was able to find, I created, whether yeah. it was building out a coalition of diversity and equity. Right. That's not something that I did personally, but I, it was, it was driven by individuals within the organization. There wasn't a leader that said, Hey, we need this. It was the team saying, Hey, we need this. We're, we're willing to take it on. You may have opportunities internally to do that as well. Yeah. And you, you kind of get the crossover of our Venn diagram of kind of your responsibility and the organization's responsibility. Ideally your HR and leadership teams are saying, hey, what are some things that you want when you're thinking about growth? Is there um, a meeting that we do that's all about learning and development? Is there um, a call that we do with managers to talk about people skills specifically and how how to be a really great manager? Um, what, what are those kinds of things? And you taking responsibility and raising your hand and saying, I need this resource and I'm not seeing it. Um, so definitely working with people all across your team and finding places to collaborate. If you're talking to a coworker and you're both having the, the same kind of problem, you're probably not the only two people that are having that career development challenge. So working with others and asking those questions and then going to your manager or your people team or leadership and saying, I've noticed this gap for this thing. How can we support that? And I mean... First of all, that shows your own leadership, but it also improves the organization as a whole. It creates that culture of learning and growth. For sure. For sure. I love that. Um, what about reviews, one-on-ones? Like, what's a good mix, and how do I know if I'm in a good mix? Yeah. I, I think it's it depends. <laughs> um, but... Ideally, you're having regular one-on-ones, whatever that looks like for your organization or your team. Um, monthly, at least, is is really what I would recommend. Um, but ideally, more than that, if you can. I know it's oftentimes hard to find that time um, where you're really just drilling in on growth specifically. Um, and then when you are in those review cycles, ideally, there is one that's happening at least every six months, every three months, whatever your review cycle is, making sure that you are listening to that feedback and taking that feedback and really understanding what that means for your growth. Um, so, you know, the way the way that we do it, we have scores for all of our values and then uh, explana explanations for kind of why we gave those scores. Um, and you're getting feedback from, you know, yourself. We do a self-review you're getting feedback from your manager and then uh, sometimes upwards as well if you are already a people manager. Um, so really looking at that feedback from all those angles and saying, where, why are my scores low in certain areas and what are ways that I can improve those? Because a lot of those times, maybe that one low score that you have is the reason why you haven't been promoted yet. Um, and we're just kind of waiting on figuring that out. Yeah. I, I remember having a manager say, feedback is a gift. 
And then he provided some like very critical feedback. So it was definitely a mechanism to uh, to present that. But it did stick with me because that feedback that he provided was super valuable. Um, but if you don't view that feedback as a gift and you view it as confrontation, um, you're limiting your growth at that point, right? Yep. It's really important. You may not have to agree with the feedback that you get, but listen to it because this is some this is somebody who you know has hopefully your best interest in mind and is providing this feedback for you to be able to improve. Um, actively seek it out. You know, I love asking both my direct reports and my managers, like, what can I do to improve? Yeah. What am I doing that, that, you know, is an area of opportunity that I may not be aware of? Because if you are raising your hand saying, I want to get better and I understand like nobody's perfect. So, you know, what are the areas that, that are maybe blind spots for me? Um, it opens it up for people to have open and honest conversation. If you are very defensive, it's going to be hard to get some of that, like, factual information um i gave feedback to somebody who i reported to and the person said i have never heard that feedback in my entire career you know and it's like feedback's a gift not everybody gets it so if you are receiving it from your manager and it's coming from the, the right place like really celebrate that and and find ways to continue to uh receive that and and grow yourself i also want to add i i think a lot of us, when we are super driven, um, we only pay attention to the negative feedback or the things that we can do better. A lot of times in those reviews, there are really nice comments of, wow, this is something you're doing really well. And that is super important to pay attention to as well. You should celebrate those wins. And you can say, wow, like I didn't even realize I was doing that, doing that thing as well as I was doing. And maybe that's something that I can take advantage of um, moving forward. That seems like a strength of mine. So I'm really going to keep that in mind and keep enhancing that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that strength focus. Um, it's definitely something that we do with strength finders here. Um, and a lot of organizations do. So thank you for calling that out, Claire. I know it, sometimes I immediately go into, how can I get better? But it's like, yeah, there's already things that you're doing that are super great. Yeah. Um, so, so definitely interesting there. One thing that I want to just mention just briefly before we go into the how to level up others, I also want to make sure, and and if somebody is probably listening to this, feeling this way, they may have already tur turned off the episode, but um, not everybody wants to grow into the next level of their career, and that's okay too. Some of the best team members that I've ever had did the same role for 20 years, and they were absolutely awesome at it, and at the end of the day, they logged off and they were okay with what they have if that is you that is awesome yeah be happy you know th that that satisfaction is is key um so i just wanted to make sure that we had that conversation of it's not always critical for you to take the next step and you're not always having to step up to the next uh ring on the ladder but if you want to these are some resources to be able to do so totally. and uh and if you want to be content in your role and satisfied um, make sure that your manager knows that as well. So that way they know that, you know, nobody's being lazy. We're just, hey, I like orders processing. I want to continue to do orders processing or whatever it is that you that you may be in your situation. Um, so topic three, with a little bit of time that we have, we we talked a lot about, you know, being the person receiving some of the feedback. But if we have grown into that in into a people leader role, 
what are some ways that we can elevate others? Yeah, um, lots of ways to do it. And hopefully your organization is also supporting this. Um, I know for us, we have a wins and feedback channel, which is really useful just for everybody, um, where we say, wow, I noticed this person was doing a really good job on this one specific thing. I want to I want to acknowledge them for that. So really easy things like that um, are a really good place to start. Um, but of course, when we're talking about the actual people managers, um, we're talking about what does succession planning look like? Um, if I'm going to level up into this role, what does that mean for my reports? How are, how are we going to level them up or leave a path for them? Um, giving assignments that might be a stretch for them, saying, I know that this person doesn't super have the skills that they need for this project, but they can grow them if I give them an assignment that looks like this. So delegating things in a way that makes sense. Um, delegation is super important just generally. So um, if you're finding it hard to get delegate, I definitely recommend asking your peers kind of how they're doing it, reading up on best ways to do it, uh, figuring out how do I make sure that the people that I'm managing are getting the skills that they need and are doing things that they're interested in. There's always going to be things that people don't want to do. So <laughs> don't worry about that too much. Um, sometimes projects just suck and that's the way things are. Um, yeah. But <laughs> taking advantage of where there are areas to say, wow, my report has been talking a lot about this skill that they want to improve and this project that I have would help them with that. Um, so figuring out those things when you can. And then just if I may just piggyback on that real, real quick, because I love how you said that, like sometimes projects just suck. Um, but also keep in mind, sometimes the things that you dislike doing, somebody on your team may absolutely thrive with. True. Right? So, you know, I think about I, I can't remember what the exact thing was, but I think that it was like I was constantly doing these weekly reports and some audits and it always felt like so much work for me. Right. And then I found out that there was somebody who really loved to do that type of work. They were very analytical. They wanted to take it to the next level. And I gave it to them. And like that whole process got so much better because it like really tapped into something that they enjoyed. Um, so if there's things that, that you don't like doing and you feel like I'll just do it because I don't want to give that to somebody else, that's very admirable of you, but it may be unnecessary. And, and you know, just really kind of keep in mind like who on your team could be doing something that. Um, that they're going to be really great at. Yeah, it's another good tip of just being transparent with things that you're working on as well. Uh, you know, if if you had maybe raised your hand and said, oh, God, I'm doing this report and it sucks and I'm I'm filling in all this data, maybe that person would have said, oh, that sounds really interesting to me and it could have not taken off your plate as well. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> um, let's see. One-on-ones, uh, too. Uh, when you're in one-on-ones, making sure that you are talking about people's skills. Um, what things are they doing well? What things are they not maybe doing as well? Um, and then what are their, what are their ideas for growth? Um, you as a manager uh, are responsible for asking your reports what they want out of their career, whether that be just staying in the role that they're in or becoming a C-suite someday um, or whatever that kind of looks like. Um, I know a lot of times when we talk about 
growth, we think, oh, this person needs to be a people manager. That's the next step for them. Sometimes it's not the next step. So having having those conversations to say, if you're not going to be a people manager, if you don't want to be a people manager, or if me as a manager is not seeing that you maybe have the skills to be a people manager, what could another path look like where you're still growing and you're still doing things that you love? Yeah. Yeah. That's so fantastic. Um, and and I, I genuinely believe it is asking the why, getting to the root of why does somebody want to go into the next role? Because that can help you if they if they say, I want to go go into this because I want to coach people, but you see all of these gaps in, in their ability to coach. It's time to be honest, right? Hey, here's what you're saying. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's how to bridge that gap. Are you up for it? If they're up for it, great. Continue that path. If they're like, oh, that's a lot of work and I had no idea that there, that that's the expectation, maybe I want to go a different path. That's really good to know. Instead of just like assuming or trying to kind of push uh, under the radar, for sure. So Claire, we are going to be wrapping up here. Um, really just, I think, fantastic conversation. Uh, much more conversational, I think, than than some of the episodes, but I was really excited to have that with you. Um, any any like clear takeaway that you would want our audience to have? Yeah, I mean, I think there's three really clear takeaways with just the way that we structured this episode. Um, so one, you're responsible for your own growth. Um, two, figure out what your culture of growth looks like and how you can enhance it if you need to. And three, um, if you are a people manager, or even if you're not a people manager, how do you promote other people? How do you make sure that other people are getting credit for the great work that they're doing? Fantastic. I honestly would not have been able to say it better myself. So I won't. Claire, thank you so much for joining us today on the episode. I hope that you as the listener uh, took away what we had to say here. Uh, would love to hear from you. So please do leave us a review if you like today's episode or if you have advice on ways that we can improve. Uh, Claire and I are also very active on LinkedIn and would love to hear from you. So if there's anything that came up today that really resonated, please do let us know. Or if there's any new considerations that we should think about for a future episode, that would be fantastic. You have been listening to the Revenue Growth Architects podcast by CS2. We thank you so much for listening and have a great day.